is Adam. We had the opportunity to speak with Enzi over Zoom video. Enzi grew up in Colorado and talks about how she got into music. She told us she got into music really from hanging out at a music shop in her town. I guess there really wasn't a whole lot going on. Very small town. They would drive around uh, on the weekends and just sing songs at the top of their lungs in the car. Uh, but there's a music shop in town, and that's where she kind of made her crew or met her crew of people that she was playing music with. Her brother's a drummer, so he's always been her drummer, really, in all the bands she's done. She talked about winning a Battle of the Bands contest, attending a songwriting college in Nashville, how the pandemic really took the wind out of her sails as far as performing went and where her career was just prior to COVID happening. And all about her most recent song she just released called Time Flies. You can watch the interview with Enzi on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be cool. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Enzi. This podcast is about you, your journey in music. And how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Right on. So first off, where were you born and raised? Uh, so a little bit of a weird question because I always like, I, I lived in a lot of different places. I was actually born in Valencia, California, which is okay. a little north of LA. Um, but I've lived and kind of like started music when I lived in northern Colorado. So like Loveland, Fort Collins area. And okay. now I'm in Nashville, so. Oh, awesome. I'm in Nashville as well. Hey, check that out. Yeah, hey, check that out. And I'm from California <laughs> as well originally. So how I two things there. Weird. Everyone from California is moving to, now. at least Tennessee is what I hear. But Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I've been here six months. And every time I tell somebody that like oh, I moved here from California, like, oh, my gosh, I've talked to like 14 people that have moved here from <laughs> California. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty popular. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like so you, Valencia, how long were you there for? Um, I lived there for like four years, so I, I don't remember a whole lot of it because um, I was like a baby, uh, sure. but I have family there and so I go visit them a lot um, and I, I love the beach. So <laughs> there you go. Right on. Who so doesn't? <laughs> talk to me about growing up in Colorado or being raised, so to speak, in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. It was um, pretty, pretty. I want to say like wacky. That's just my word when I like can't think of a good descriptor. There's. A lot that goes on when you grow up in the kind of like West slash Midwest. Um, I've come to learn the term Midwest emo, which I think perfectly describes the music that I grew up on and the music that's influenced me today. I didn't even know it was its own separate genre, but like. I I didn't either. What's Midwest emo? It's, um, I mean, it's a lot of like, I think 21 Pilots is considered Midwest emo. It's a lot of like it's like emo music that isn't so like scream based. It's like, or like, but isn't so like grungy based. It's more like rock alternative influenced. I don't even know how to describe it. I just saw a TikTok that was like, if you listen to these bands, like you're Midwest emo. And I was like nine out of 10 on the list that I was uh, aside like, from 21 pilots. I'm curious what other ones are there. Um, So like, I think fall boy, those are like okay. the big names, even though they're like, more popular in the general email. Um, I'm trying to think of 
who else? Arctic Monkeys, I think, sort of. Less emo, more alternative, but it's just like it's a weird so not, not necessarily from the midwest i guess the- <laughs> not no not necessarily okay. from the midwest it's like it's a style i think that like comes out of the midwest but like i i don't even know it's interesting okay yeah, so so you grew up on arctic monkeys 21 pilots Fall that's Boy. i really loved when i started getting into music like because you know as a little kid you'd catch me with like no doubt Gwen Stefani and like Christina Aguilera because I lived in the early 2000s so um but once I got into music and started writing music I really loved like Paramore and um a lot of like alternative bands I really loved this one band called Thriving Ivory and little 13 year old me was devastated to find out that they had like broken up as a band um, oh yeah before i even started listening to them which was the worst part because i was like waiting for new music to come out and <laughs> nothing happened but um they were i like i just remember like driving all all there was to do in the little town that i grew up in was like drive like we had one movie theater and um like <laughs> a couple of starbucks and so there wasn't really a whole lot of like activities to be done so a lot of times we would just go driving like you drive somewhere else to do something or you would just like do a loop around like the fields and so we would put music on and I just remember like that was what I did with my friends like we'd put music on we'd roll all the windows down and we'd just like yell on these like small town highways just to music and so that's like what I really loved doing that's awesome. And uh, did you play an instrument growing up? Um, no, I learned guitar when I started to do songwriting. So my whole wow. career started in this little town. There was a music shop right next to the grocery store. And my brother and I were looking for something to do. It was summer when we moved. And my mom was like, you should go in there and like see what they're doing. And there was a Battle of the Bands poster. And my brother's a drummer and I'm a singer, obviously. And we walked in and asked them about it. Like these guys were such big music nerds that they just wanted to like, like recruit kids into music. Cause like, it, it's cool. It's, it's fun. It's music's a great thing. And um, we decided to sign up and that was like my first instance of playing in a band and my band uh, like won the first wow. summer. Yeah, I know it was crazy, but we were in like the beginners category Mm-hmm. and there was like a like a beginner and an advanced and so the next summer we decided to move up to advanced but our kind of like mentor was like you have to write an original song like that's that's part of the the category you play three songs and one of them has to be an original oh so you and won off a cover the, the first the first round was a cover got you yes that was not like i definitely have tried to write songs before but i didn't really know it was a passion of mine until the second summer and they were like you have to like go write an original song and so oh, okay i wrote my first ever like i was angry at my dad so he took my phone away <laughs> i <laughs> i wrote this song so angsty and we played it and then that band ended up becoming the band i played with for several years in colorado we toured we did little festivals we ended up wow. even going to like Denver and playing shows there. Um, and like 
of course it evolved members changed and like you know cycled in and out but Mm -hmm. me and my brother were kind of at the heart of it all and that's how I found out that I like really wanted to make music my whole lifetime okay does your brother still play with you now yeah yeah that's rad plays all my shows I low-key like refuse to have anybody else I'll be open to it if someone like presents the idea but in the back of my head I'm always like well no like I'm just I'm gonna pick my brother sure there's something about like we played together for years I'm talking like this was when I was 13 when I wrote my very first song Okay. Um, for this competition. So it's been eight years now and he's played with me for all eight of those years. And like sibling telepathy aside, you just can't <laughs> get that kind of connection with someone in one rehearsal. Like right. you have to be with them. So he knows like all my movements on stage. If we're not playing to like a set, um, like set list and mm-hmm. we want to go off the, off the, the cuff a little bit he knows like what my movements do I don't even have to like do a specific hand signal he just knows like my body language and where I plan to go with that song whether it's like you know throw it into double time or to like bring it back down and go low like he he just knows that's cool and does he play with anyone else or is his passion music as well or does he kind of just do it as a favor um yeah his passion music as well I would say he's like a big little big little entrepreneur um because he also like streams on twitch and like makes his whole income from that which oh I wow totally crazy like um, video games or something yeah like video games um damn that's rad yeah he's super cool um for a little brother but he <laughs> he always says that like music is kind of his number one passion in life mm-hmm. um and he's been drumming for longer than I've been singing so you know it's kind of like it's in his bones like you can't get rid of it so sure he always does it with me (laughs) that's cool so 13 is when you wrote that first song and then that you were a band together for what a handful of years yeah so um I don't think I went full solo I hate saying that word because I do still play with bands like and all my live shows have the same energy that you'd expect from like a full, like alternative band. Uh Um, It's just like my name. Um, But I didn't actually like move from a band name to like my own name until I was 18. Um, So yeah, for like five years, five and a half years, I played with a band Uh and we met by many names. We dabbled in a lot of genres, but um, once everyone, kind of went off to college some people in the band just discovered different interests and they didn't want to make music a full-time thing and so me and my brother were like this is our life like Mm -hmm. we want this forever and so that's how like we kind of moved on into the project nz okay and uh, did you go to college for music or did you move to like what took you to nashville just songwriting um yes um both actually i go to belmont university which has a songwriting program yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. Talk, yeah. you, I'm sure you had a, do you have to like audition to get into the program there? Yes. What um, was that like? It's, uh, oh my gosh, it's been so long since I even thought about my audition. Basically, I think you submit two songs um, and then you kind of have to give a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say that it can't be more than six minutes. Um, and I 
first when I was applying, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like some of my songs are more than three minutes. So how am I supposed to pick two that fits in this time slot? And I've learned as I, because I'm now a senior. So this is my last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned that they do that on purpose to kind of make you pick your most commercial songs. Um, and it's not to say that all songs have to be under three minutes, but they kind of pose it as an invisible challenge. Like you don't know that you're being kind of tested, uh, Mm -hmm. before you get in. And so I think it's really cool. You had to send like your lyrics, um, and like a performance of the song and then talk about yourself, which I thought was pretty intimidating but cool yeah (laughs) sure okay so you get into the school and then uh you when did you start releasing songs i know you have a handful of them up on your Spotify. yeah um so i actually i've released songs ever since we honestly ever since we figured out how to get them recorded Mm -hmm. so my band released some songs they don't exist on spotify anymore (laughs) um but i released my very first single by myself when I was 14. Wow. Um, it was a song called Are You With Me? I had been signed to like an acting and modeling agency, not because I wanted to do it, but because I did it when I was a kid and I was like, I that like there's nothing wrong with being signed up for it. And they didn't do anything in music, but they heard of this guy coming to Denver to basically talent scout. Uh for a project and he was like I'm going to pick like five people and you all get to do a single with me and we'll promote it and it was the same guy that did Friday by Rebecca Black really (laughs) yes it was kind of saying he's kind of strange uh but he's just an interesting person to work with and so I heard it from that agency and went down to audition and they basically sent me tracks and that was the first time I'd ever written to tracks that I did not or like that I was not part of producing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a challenge. But my first single that ever came out was called Are You With Me? And we got over like 100,000 views on YouTube. And I was like, well, like I was 14. It was totally insane. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you ended up winning the what you're one of the few people that he wanted to work with. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't okay. call it a win because I think that it was definitely like he was looking for a specific kind of person. But mm-hmm. I think I told them in like the interview, because I had to like interview and sing for them, um, that I'd already written songs before. And I think that that really helped mm-hmm. because they weren't taking someone who just like who just had a good voice. They were taking someone who kind of at least was starting to understand the full process of music creation. So Mm -hmm. very grateful for that experience. Um, Yeah. What a way to get into it. I mean, having their video do that, that well, right on, on YouTube. It was, it was crazy. It was a lot um, too, because they were from LA. um, And so they were pretty strict on what they wanted um, from this music video. And I am very stubborn. (laughs) Um, and I was just like, some of the things that this, um, person has done before, like other than the Friday music video has been very like weird and abstract. And I was just like, 
it's almost cringy, honestly. And I was like, I do not want my music video to be something that people laugh at. Like this right. is serious. The song that I wrote was serious and they just, they, they wanted something from the music video and I wanted something else. And basically I kind of, <laughs> I kind of went behind their backs because, because they were from LA, I was living in Colorado. They did not fly out for the music video shoot. I was okay. the only one managing it all. They just like contacted a director and the director was like, Hey, here's what they sent me. I said, Oh yeah, actually we changed that. And he goes, Oh, and I was like, yeah, actually, here's what we're going to do. And I gave him my storyboard idea that wow. did not get technically approved. Um, and my like friends, really, my family was there all kind of like helping me like sneak this in. Mm -hmm. And it's doing pretty well. So, right. Um, yeah. So they, could, they couldn't complain, I, I imagine. No, I think, I mean, honestly, they, they didn't even say anything about it. They're like, this looks great. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Nice. So yeah. that, you got a little victory there with that many views. And then yes. did, did the, those fans or people that viewed the video spill over into checking out your, your band that you started? Yeah, actually, we definitely used a lot of like that um, pop popularity to mm -hmm. boost the band because i didn't want to do a pop project at the time i was like way too emo way too hipster for that when i was mm -hmm. 14 15 um and so i was like we were kind of being like hey like this the lead singer of this band did this so check out the band and right. so um it definitely helped uh that's about the time we started booking bigger shows going into Denver and then we actually had a development agency reach out to us to help us like well develop as a right. band yeah um and it was really great I loved the experience so it was really fun that is really cool and then you get to Nashville and mm -hmm. you're in Nashville now obviously but yeah. uh <laughs> tell me how the how did like you're going to school and then the pandemic happens like that must have just changed your life completely i obviously but like yeah were you you were you going to school in person and then that took that away and like how does that affect your songwriting and yeah you know, your your career really it um it really affects a lot um i'm like super passionate about how the pandemic has affected musicians specifically because there really was no way for us to create a virtual environment for mm -hmm. music. Um, we did do like virtual shows. I did that. Um, but they just aren't the same and people don't tune in the way that they do at a live concert. Um, understandably so who wants to watch music on a screen when before we were experiencing it, like with our whole bodies. Yeah, I'm sure um, it's got to be a hard sell too to people. Like, hey, we're yeah. doing this live stream. I mean, aside from just supporting the artists that you like, I mean, mm -hmm. you could go on YouTube and watch all this, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, it was definitely difficult, and you know, I feel really bad for like the venues. There were a couple of venues that shut down in mm -hmm. Nashville and Denver. Um, like that made me really sad to see go because I played those venues when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And so like I was sitting here as like a 20 year old adult watching 
pieces of not just my childhood, but my like <laughs> origin story, like mm-hmm. disappeared. Um, it was really sad. Um, yeah, and it's rough. Yeah, it it felt a lot like a punch in the gut. I mean, for everybody, but um, I'd also I just opened for the head and the heart and fits in the tantrums. Wow. Yeah. It was super sick. It was an amazing experience. That's um, huge. Yeah. It was so cool. I, I have no one to thank, but people who like my music because they were the ones that got me there. Um, was that and, in Nashville? No, this was in Denver. Oh. I played oh, okay. uh, the mission ballroom. It was so much fun. Um, and I, it was a really big deal to to do that because a lot of denver artists like it's called hometown for the holidays with the concert mm-hmm. and local artists like want they compete for that opening spot and mm-hmm. it's all fan-based um wow. and i have never loved popularity contests <laughs> and i just kind of like assumed that i wasn't gonna get it and that it wasn't gonna happen for me but that i was really honored to have been in like the top 10 people that were chosen uh-huh. and then when they announced my name as the opener i like <laughs> i almost threw up i was like so shocked and it, it's a big deal because that means a lot of times you've now played this huge venue you have a huge crowd of people who uh-huh. love local music that now want to support you in the rest of denver and so i had a headline show and potentially other like shows lined up after that um that all got canceled because <sighs> of covid oh and my gosh way to have the rug pulled out i mean it sounds like you were yeah. finally gaining some serious momentum and then it no was more it really made me question a lot not if i wanted to do songwriting or anything or be an artist because that is my passion. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't separate myself from that, even if I tried. Um, but it just, it made me, uh, this industry is really hard because you put a lot of your worth in the product that comes back to you. So mm-hmm. like you put your heart and soul into a song that you write and you produce it and you spend months perfecting this track and you put it out or you perfect your show and you practice and you do I mean, I don't know what other artists do, but like I go to the gym and I run on treadmills and I sing so that I have like the stamina to keep up for a full hour long show. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you put every ounce of energy you have into it. And when those things fall apart or when they come back and they don't have quite the success rate you were hoping for, it's really hard to get up and motivate yourself to do that again. Mm-hmm. because I mean, it goes, it goes against every part of our psychology. I mean, there's no positive reinforcement. Like we, our brains want to chase things that give us dopamine. And when you put your heart and soul into something and you're having those, those like big moments and you're feeling good about it. And then like the song comes back and you haven't streamed a thousand streams or you didn't sell as many tickets as you wanted to, um, or you didn't get that opening spot that you were hoping for like it it really crushes your spirit and like Mm -hmm. covid was a big like instigator to all that anxiety and that kind of like crushing feeling because it was nobody's fault nobody's fault it's not your own it's not 
people, it literally just, it happened. Mm-hmm. And that that's even worse because you can't look at how to change it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to fix it. And so it was tough. Um, how do you, how, yeah. How do you cope with that? Do you put that energy towards writing music? Yeah, I, um, I put a lot of my energy towards writing more than I did, uh, performing since obviously performing was so big yeah. for me. Sure. Um, it's how I fell in love with it all. Um, but I, obviously I got to meet a lot of great people via zoom co-writes and, mm-hmm. um, what is super encouraging to me was meeting people who were several steps ahead of me going, wow, you're good. Or like, wow, I really like what you've done. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) thank you so much. Like very starstruck. Um, and I think that's what really kept me going. Um, and also like just changing my perspective on how I write music in general, because nobody taught me how I just kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured it out as I went along. And so to be in co-writing rooms with people who were saying one of the best compliments I've ever received was someone who after co-write, she like was still on the call with me. And she was like, I just love the way you think about songs. And I was like, what? And she's like, you think of them so differently than anyone else I've ever talked to. Like the way you put them together in your head is so different than mm-hmm. anyone else I've ever met. And I was like, wow. And that just settled really inside of me, like almost as like a blanket over all the bad things that had happened that were like trying to tell me that like I should quit or that mm-hmm. like, will this ever go back to normal? Will I ever make it now because I lost all that momentum? Like it just kind of settled as like a, oh, like, no, I have something valuable to contribute here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of what got me going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you wrote a song called Time Flies, which has a lot to do with the pandemic, right? Yes. Yeah. I, um, yeah, <laughs> we have a lot of feelings to get out about the pandemic, I think still. <laughs> and I know a lot of people hate talking about it because I mean, I sometimes hate talking about it because who wants to remember this? But Mm -hmm. the reality is that we all went through a collective trauma. Like we had this insane thing happen to all of us that like we need to work, work that out. (laughs) We can't just let that simmer and fester inside of us because it will be sweeping under the rug. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god! never happened. (laughs) If I could, I would, but I know that that's not a healthy outlet. And so I wanted to write a bit of a, like a COVID pandemic song that Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily say like, ah, the pandemic made me feel this way. Cause I think a lot of songs that came out of the, especially the beginning of quarantine, like loved talking about quarantine. Oh yeah. And I was like, this is great, but hopefully eventually when we get to the place where we're not quarantine anymore, this will not be relevant. This will not feel like a relevant emotion. Right. And just so, like a snapshot in time. Like mm-hmm. 21 pilots did it level of concern. Isn't that about the pandemic? Yes. I think <laughs> so. I mean, cause they say like quarantine. In yeah. <laughs> um, which, no shade. I think it's like awesome. If you can manage to like rhyme and fit the word quarantine into your song, that's really, yeah, that's, that's an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, no, but I wanted to write something about like, because the emotions I was having from my situation in the pandemic was not an isolated incident. Like these were not just pandemic related. It was like the anxiety that I struggle with every day. It's depression that like people collectively fight every single day. And so time flies can of course be applied to the pandemic. And that's where I wrote it. That's when I wrote it. Um, and it was like those feelings that were inspiring enough to get me into that headspace. But really it's, it's about feeling just so melancholic and apathetic. It's so like, it's just what a depressive episode looks like for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of other people feel the same way too, or that they have similar experiences. And that's always my hope with my music is that people will listen to that and go, Oh, I feel that way too. Mm -hmm. Um, and know in that, that they are not the only person experiencing that because at the very least there's me, I have experienced it. Mm -hmm. So the worst feeling in the world is feeling like you, you are going through something alone. And I think the pandemic brought out that in a lot of us, even though we all knew the world was locked down, we still felt alone because it was mm -hmm. just us in our houses. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just want people to know that like, you are not alone, that that is not true, that there is someone else out there who can walk this journey with you because like it sucks to be mm -hmm. alone dealing with all those things by yourself. Sure. I completely agree with you. And you're in your last year of school, right? Is yeah. that what you said? Okay. Yeah. And like, how is uh, that must be difficult. I would imagine like having to transfer <laughs> yeah. everything to this online learning and are you back in school? Like how does um, this work? How, how do you collaborate in songwriting just all over zoom? Um, so it kind of depends on people's comfort level. I'm vaccinated. Um, a lot of the co-writers that I write with are also vaccinated. So, um, we mostly just like pay attention to CDC guidelines and that kind sure. of respect. Well, you're in Tennessee too. So it's not as like gnarly. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is debatable, but, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I won't talk, I won't talk politics about it, but, right, but um, yeah. you know, it's, it's all individualized. If someone else is on Zoom, like I, I don't like Zoom writing necessarily over in-person writing, mm -hmm. but I think it opens up a world of opportunity. I was able to write with someone in London wow. this past year, twice actually, mm -hmm. um, which was amazing because there's a whole different type of music in the mm -hmm. UK. Um, not whole different, but like what's most different popular. Perspective, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was just really cool. I think that Zoom is a definitely a good tool for people to use. Um, I think that if musicians, if like music industry in general, doesn't come out of the pandemic, like streamlined for the online world, there will be some like breaking down of that. Cause I mean, like all, all people use now to listen to music is streaming. So we're right. already in that online sense. We just need to like, catch up as people mm -hmm. um but i actually am in in-person classes right now uh which is good some uh i know that so actually i'm on a study abroad semester right now um, oh, that's cool. i'm in london currently. are you wow yes. awesome 
Um, but I know that uh, Belmont right now is, is in person, open. but they're like doing masks for sure. everywhere, no matter mm-hmm. if you're vaccinated or not. And then in London, it's a bit different right now. Um, I don't have to wear a mask in the classroom, but I do on public transport. And then actually they have a whole different system here. I have to like check in um, on my phone every time I walk into somewhere so that if I got COVID or if someone around me got COVID, I'd get a notification saying that I was exposed to it. So it's Whoa. really weird. But, that is um, crazy. Yeah. What a time. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a time. But, you know, it's it's cool to see how they've adapted to. I mean, like uh-huh. contactless payments are my best friend. I do not have to carry my wallet around. It's just my phone. Yeah. That's so silly. But like, I actually even saw like people busking on the street with a little QR credit code? card reader. Yeah. Oh, not man. even QR code, just a little reader. <laughs> and they had a sign. They're like, would you like to leave a tip? Like every tap is two pounds. And I was like, that is so cool. Because one of the things I struggled with as an artist, when I first started, or like even as a band, when we first started, we made merch we didn't know how to take credit cards. We could only take cash and everybody was coming to the show and we were, they were like, we don't have cash. Uh, and I was like, a lot of sales that way. Yeah. And it, it really sucked. And so then we started taking Venmo and then we finally got a card reader and I was just kind of like, it's just cool to see how music continues to evolve and musicians Mm -hmm. evolve and adapt to the environment. And like, I literally saw that thing and I like DM the guy on Instagram and was like, Hey, what is that thing that you're using called? Cause I want to use that for my shows now. Cause then people can just tap to tip you and like, yeah. it's kind That's of awesome. novel. Yeah. So I don't sure. Know, very, very cool. Well, NZ, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. I have one more question. I want to know if you have uh, any advice for aspiring artists. Any advice for aspiring artists? Um, you know, I will pass on a piece of advice that was given to me that keeps me waking up in the morning. Um, there is not a single thing that will ever make or break you. You can make mistakes and you can do well and you might not end up like exactly where you hoped you were right after that thing, but that's okay. It's it's a building block. Nothing is ever going to ruin you completely and nothing's ever going to skyrocket you. As long as you keep working exactly how you are, you can do it. Bring it back, words.